We're listening to an episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice, the JRPG Games Club podcast that you paid for. Good on you. Uh, this is the bonus episode for Season 9 on Final Fantasy VIII, and we're going to call this one, um, well, let's say Fixing Final Fantasy VIII. Because, Rebuild uh, Fantasy VIII AU. AU. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, this is going to be, a, a, well, for one thing, Matt Marcus, you know me. I'm Sybil. I'm Ryan. Yeah, yeah, you know us. I just figured it just feels weird not to do the introductions. Yeah, even if no. it's a bonus episode. I know. Uh, Great Gundam Project went through this like whole arc where it, they were like, "This is the Patreon bonus. We don't need to introduce ourselves." But then that like kept throwing them off every single yeah. episode, so they had to yeah, start. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So as we were going through, actually, even before the season started. You know, I had been thinking so much about this game and I'm wondering like ways in which to make, you know, the story better, ways to make the mechanics better. And I figured it'd be a fun exercise just to to put that all together on a bonus episode. And uh, this is going to be pretty loosely structured. So we're pro- I think we're going to start with mechanics and then roll into story. But I mean, some mechanics stuff is going to touch on the story like they, they do intersect in certain ways. Yeah. But I figured we should roughly uh, frame it like that. And um, also, as an extra bonus, uh, so I got the copy of the uh, Ultimania uh, yes. in Japanese. Mm. Thank you, Google Translate, for making this actually readable for me. And uh, I pulled out uh, a random bunch of factoids that I'm going to drop in willy-nilly just for fun. Uh, All right. <laughs> just, That's just great. Just keep things entertaining. I, yeah, it, it's, it's hilarious, by the way. There's some hilarious shit in here. <laughs> I want to head this off at the pass. I want to, like... Just kind of with our opening premise, say up front, I'm not going to be a stick in the mud curmudgeon. I'm going to play along. This will be a fun exercise. But it is super mm-hmm. interesting how this this was one of the things that I used to think about the most is that I love yeah. Final Fantasy VIII, but like there there is so much uh, wrong with it, broken inside it, etc. That I mm-hmm. I really did think about fixing it, but then over. Over the intervening years and then in the intervening months where we were actually covering the game, I was like, oh, I don't actually buy the premise anymore. The game is the game. And if it wasn't as broken as it was, it wouldn't be Final Fantasy VIII. And if it wasn't as disjointed as it was, it wouldn't be Final Fantasy VIII. And I value the product that we actually have. So, like, you know, I definitely disagree that this would be fixing Final Fantasy VIII. That being said, <laughs> this is still going to be fun. I'm not. I'm. No. I'm not going to do that the entire episode. I just have to say that up front because I'm me. I mean, like I would say, like this is more of a fucking clipboard. Simple, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just on a whole clipboard full of notes. Uh, yeah, no. The the way I would see this is either if they were doing a remaster, like if they mm-hmm. were doing like a Final Fantasy VII remake, kind of. Like they did a remaster, but you know what I mean? Remake. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. They were, they were giving themselves the liberty to change things. And um, and obviously, like, we wouldn't, Square would do it differently. They would turn it into some action RPG thing, which we're not going to, like, right. I'm trying to keep it like, let's assume you're doing a fan mod, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you could only, 
there's certain things that are going to be like unchangeable. Like, I don't think we can take out the orphanage seed. Right. Most ah. people would probably go first, take out the orphanage seed. And I'm going to say like <laughs> ground rules, like obviously don't introduce new characters. Don't like, don't do something ridiculous, like kill Cypher off in like Discord or something. Like, okay, I guess but you, what you if? could do that. What if <laughs> actually, you know, that could be fun. That could be fun. Um, you know, like don't, we, we can't like completely break it apart and rebuild it. Like you got to keep at least some of the bones of the thing. The and 2007 I, writer's strike saved Cypher's life. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, it, it would be very different. Oh God. Just imagine like, yeah, it, the, the Aerith dying, but it was Cypher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would have been very different. Yeah. No, I, the, the idea is just to like bring out the things that are already there and just bring them out better rather than just mm-hmm. saying like throw out like the, the baby with the bathwater. And I, totally. some people would probably want to do that uh, just because it's like, oh, I'm sure some people would be like, well, why don't you just get rid of Squall? He sucks because a lot right. of people think he sucks. And it's like, well, that's <laughs> the game. I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, He's in the mm-hmm. fucking logo. <laughs> right. So uh, he's well, in the logo and he sucks. <laughs> yeah, he he does suck, but like he's sucking. Like, if your sucking makes sense for the story you're telling, then it's perfectly valid. I just I wanted to say Tita sucks. <laughs> he does suck. He does suck. <laughs> Chris is going to listen to this. He's going to be so mad. Uh, we anyway. could go into the whole Tetis is the water elemental thing, but that's a for another time. <laughs> so one thing I just want to say that that kind of came up when I was looking at the Ultimania, and I like I went back and I listened to every intro episode of our Final Fantasy seasons just to make sure we, I didn't miss this. But we have never mentioned Kazushige Nojima before. Mm. And he is the scenario writer who he was the scenario writer for eight. He did also seven. He did 10. He did 10 two, And then he did some story. He did the story Bible for 13. <laughs> so and, and then he also did some writing for 15. So like this guy literally touched everything we've covered for the show for Final Fantasy and a few things we're going to future cover. Like we're going to do 10 and 10 too. It's going to yeah. happen. Mm hmm. And we have not mentioned him at all because, you know, he didn't write the plot or he didn't write the the main stories because that that's Nomura and um, Katase. But the beat to beat stuff and the actual script was this guy. And we've never mentioned him somehow before. That I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And, and in the Ultimania, he actually um, he has a quote talking about every major character in it. And that, that was the one where like on the, on the Quistus page, the first line is she's an unbalanced person, which is <laughs> one of the funniest things I've read. Same, in such a bitch. Long time. <laughs> Does, doesn't know how to keep distance with her students. Uh-huh. 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 Not same, not same at all. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. I do have to retract the thing that I said six seconds ago. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a lot of notes from him in here that are very funny, and uh, I'm just shocked that we hadn't actually like uh, listened or like named him in any of our production notes. Uh, or I, maybe it came up during a regular episode. If not, I didn't listen to all the old seasons. It was kind of fun though, listening back to the generalities of, uh, mm. of our first like three or four seasons. That was fun. I mean, that's kind of like there there are there's like a whole stable of people who were instrumental in like collaborating on Final Fantasy games that just don't get talked about because it's like Nomura, Sakaguchi, Katase, um, Uematsu, Uematsu, um, who's the fucking, yeah. Oh yeah. Nasir. Like, yeah, 
there are there are so many like just of the big square names that everyone talks about um including the guy who everyone blamed for everything that wasn't nomura whose name is 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 toriyama's yes oriyama thank you like and so there are just tons of names that were like really instrumental in creating final fantasy that we just that that just don't get mentioned because they're not the face of final fantasy the way that that a bunch of other people are yeah so yeah thanks well, it's for fu- uh, funny people talk about like alexander i mean because you know we're in the u.s we talk about alexander o smith way more than nojima and like mm-hmm. that his work wouldn't exist without nojima's script right so like right. it's kind of a you know, I, the whatever thing probably came from him, right? Plus, mm-hmm. if you go back a generation, Ted Woolsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah. bane of online nerds in the 90s. God. Yeah. It's, I, I cannot, I just, Austin Walker's studio, Possibility Space, uh, Ted Woolsey is part of that. And just like. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea the game that they're making because they haven't revealed shit about it. And like, you know, the CEO of Possibility Space, you know, has his fingers in like 11 pies. And so who knows if this is going to be vaporware or not. But like, I'm just the the team that they have assembled over there is such a bizarre collection of people. I'm very curious. I can't wait for them to release Metal Slug Tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, like, if you would tell me Austin's working on a game, I would have told you uh, it's probably what a BL Mecha show, right? Like, or mm-hmm. like Mecha game. It's probably something like that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Um, be very curious to know. It's been a while, right? It's been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years. Yeah. Right. So mechanics. I, I, I think like the key problem that, you know, we've touched upon over and over again with the mechanics here is that there's breaking the game the game breaks too easily and then on top of that the ways to break the game or the ways that the game wants you to engage with it in order to become stronger end up being tedious especially if you're min maxing it's actually pronounced tedious oh yeah sorry (laughs) it's it's very tedious and uh so i mean like my first thing that i would probably do like I, i have basically three basic things that i would do the first one would be limit the number of GFs you can equip on a character. And that would be like maybe three max. Like you start with like one to two and then maybe you unlock a third slot, but to play into the, the amnesia thing, the more GFs you equip, like you get a debuff for it, Mm. probably like a debuff in how much magic you can hold or something Mm -hmm. because that way it thematically makes sense. But on top of that, it's you're trading off generalness, like sort of, or more breadth of skills, but losing overall stats versus being highly specialized and potentially more powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Junctioning is such a, like it, it follows a lot of the same ideas uh, behind espers and materia, Mm -hmm. but it, they just really blew it out. Uh, and they could they could definitely reel it in just a little bit. So, yeah. on my end, I wrote kind of a... I basically made a pitch for this whole game again, and using the elements that are there, I wanted to wrap it all into a more interconnected thing, because a lot of this game's problems, to me, come from the fact that 
so much of it feels disconnected. You have storylines yeah. that fall off. You have mechanics that are used once, etc., mm-hmm. etc. So, for the Guardian Force system, I came up with this. Everyone you equip gives you plus one slot. Like you can you could put one more skill on a character because normally they have your four. Let's those are yeah. your standards. Yeah. So everyone you equip on someone gives them that. But every time you and I need to figure out what the criteria is on this. I didn't want to go full numbers sicko depth, but every yeah. time you max out a GF on a character, they take on a debuff, and it's related to who you have. So mm-hmm. like Bahamut is just more vulnerable to status. Bahamut is the big one. You shoved that mm-hmm. in your brain. Good job. You're taking something. Big. But like, Ifrit, okay, congrats. You're going to be weak to ice now. Mm-hmm. Some of the more elemental mm-hmm. ones are yeah. going to be, you just take a, a minor debuff like that. But So I was thinking something similar to the license boards from FF12, mm-hmm. where it's, all right, you're going through this, but there is a malice to trying to min-max. So mm-hmm. what do you do? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had one of my points was to add at least a fifth command spot that would be GF skill specific. Mm-hmm. So like if you got, say, Devour or, or um, Recover or something, you don't have to replace item or GF or whatever. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it is a separate slot because I never use them. And the reason why I never use them because I always want to have a- access to magic and item, right? Right. That's, and, yeah. Or that, like GF. That, that's a huge thing is um, there's a lot of really cool, interesting skills, but the trade-off is too great. And and yeah. and in a game that wants you to make strategic decisions in the character builds, um, yeah. having something that is just like too essential uh, to, to not have on your menu bar is not right. really helpful at all. Right. That's exactly like, it. I was going to say, like, magic, like, if you replace magic with recover, you're basically saying, I don't care about any other magic other than Kuragas, or, like, Mm -hmm. basically a full life. Like, I want to have access to just full life and nothing else, and that's way too narrow for, you know, potentially what you'd want to do. But I like that idea as a white mage build for a character, which you could do Mm -hmm. and is generally a useful archetype in FF games. But that's why I thought every time you max one out, you get that permanent plus one slot, but also you take on the Malice. However, Mm, if you just have one equipped, congrats, plus one slot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that that definitely adds to the the more you use it, the worse it is for your brain. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And and then also it probably means that you're going to now have to prioritize using your junctions in order to mitigate some of that some of that trade-off, right? Like you would have exactly. to put your blizzagas on your on your defense. And that starts of, playing into yeah. making spells that you wouldn't use on stats much more interesting because maybe right. you're going to start using my new junction system in a little in a way that counters <laughs> yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's I think that's good. Like basically the, the problem with when I'm using the GFs is that like, you know, it is kind of fun to do the puzzle pieces just in order to like get all of the all the stat bonuses on everyone and all of like you're just able to junction everything but at a certain point that kind of ossifies and then it's a pretty solid pattern and then it gets really irritated when you have to rebuild you know because the story just strips off your your junctions and you have to rebuild them again and you forget how they do it or if like oh i just kind of 
I want to make one swap, but it kind of means that now Squall doesn't have a vitality junction anymore. So I have to go figure out what to do about that or see if mm -hmm. I care enough about that. Like some of that would be mitigated. Like I almost thought about, well, what if you, what if the GF assignments were permanent or like very difficult to remove? So you junctioned them once and they're too. stuck. Yeah. And that kind of sounds like the job system in 12, or at least the Zodiac version of the job system where it's like yes. you're stuck with the choices you make. Um, that would be interesting, but also in, kind of infuriating sometimes, well, I'm sure. And I think it's it, it, it should go one of two ways, either make junctions semi-permanent like that or allow for junction swaps mid-battle in, in case mm. you like, you know aren't spec'd right for oh, yeah. a boss it would be nice to be able to even you know on active mode there would still be like a consequence and there would still be like time pressure but um like going into a battle and realizing like oh i have to just die and retry this because i need to like mess with my junctions was really annoying so yeah either make it a decision that you have to commit to or let let folks play around in the battle yeah. Oh, I, I want that to be the case in every single RPG, like mm -hmm. turn-based RPG, is let me burn a turn to rebuild someone's equipment or or yeah. whatever, you know. Like, I've, I've gotten screwed over in Persona that way, too, where it's like I just walked in with a with a setup that just wasn't very good, and I'm going to get owned first turn or something because, you know, I'm not high enough level. And then the retry doesn't let me go into the menu. The retry just lets me start the battle over, and so I'm stuck. <laughs> Do I want to lose two hours of progress? Or try to power through this big disadvantage that I couldn't predict. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. I think the only other major mechanical thing is like I want if you draw from an enemy, I want you to get the max amount. You get like either a hundred. I would say like probably let's make the maximum magic twenty casts instead of like a hundred casts, because that way, for one thing, you you see a new magic, you have all of it in like three three draws if you want to do that. And you're good. But now the question is, if you're going to junction it or if you're going to cast it, you, now you have a very limited supply of it until the next opportunity you have to draw it. And I think that just gives a little bit more risk reward or like, you know, trade off first casting versus junctioning that makes that decision a little bit more interesting or at least makes it it definitely takes the tedium out of it. Right. Yeah, that's the tedium is the is the watchword there, because I, it's yeah. like I. I love saga games a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And I love the idea of instead of having like MP, having limited charges for certain attacks that you have to replenish, like, you know, equipment degradation, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, the, the fact that the only cost for drawing max amounts is your own time. Like there's never, you're never gonna, risk death to draw a hundred of a thing unless you are an absolute sicko who does mm -hmm. not respect yourself and mm -hmm. so the fact that it's like oh i need to draw these but that's gonna make this battle extremely long or like you know i have to run around uh the islands closest to heaven and hell in order to like find a whole bunch of hidden draw points like it there's just yeah. it's the 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 fact that the only tax is time is bad. So I, I like yeah. the idea of like maybe, yeah, limiting the max number of charges uh, down, down or yeah, being able to draw way more. And, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but just that's one of the ways that Final Fantasy yeah. VIII is just way too 
governed by its mm-hmm. love of RNG. It like Final Fantasy VIII developers yeah. were using RNG the way that like tech fucks are using AI now. Just like it's gonna replace everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, like when you find a draw point and it's a really good magic and it's something like you want. It's not like a cure or like a fire and you get like five of them. It feels mm-hmm. bad, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz like you don't you can't use that for junctioning. It's useless for junctioning until you get a lot like close to 100. And then even then on top of that like you can't cast it that many times either. Mm-hmm. But at the same time like, you know, you just end up hoarding so much magic to the point where uh you can um you can fill up your slots and just not be able to draw more magic or and you have to to pass them off to somebody or as I learned reading the Ultimedia, you can drop magic. You can discard it. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> oh. I, I don't know if you could do that with items, though, which is kind of a bigger problem if you end up with, like, too many screws or something, <laughs> which can happen. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, if you're if you're playing a lot of cards and you, you have to take a card every time and you oh, can't discard cards... <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. Uh, you can't discard your cards, so you mod them, but you can only mod them up to the max amount of that item you can hold, which is 99. So, like, if if you're just trying to keep, especially if you're playing with the random rule and stuff, like, you don't want that many cards in your deck. You just want to get rid of as many as you can and have a very thin, powerful deck. And that ends up potentially becoming a problem. Uh, Sybil, did you have any thoughts on magic? I didn't play with the magic system much in my document. I I basically went, you know what, let's... There are enough things that I'm changing. I feel like this is acceptable within the framework I'm playing with, so I, I didn't do anything in my doc. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of the things I wanted to change, you know, we talked a lot about the missable Guardian Forces and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drawing them and stuff. So I... I, it needs to be a thing where if a boss has a GF, they summon it at least once. Like, signal that they have a guardian force. Like, maybe open the battle with that. Like, automatically, first thing they do is use a use a GF. And then make it a thing that you can steal it from them, and then that nerfs them somewhat. Or at least it opens a vulnerability. I think, for one thing, that means that you're not going to miss them unless you're purposely avoiding it or you somehow accidentally killed the boss before you had a chance to, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, like accidentally. But on top of that, like it is very strange. You know, you're in a world where there are these GFs throughout the world and somehow certain monsters have them, certain people have them. And yet they're just kind of ambiently there until you remove them. And all of a sudden, Oh no, um, they can't cast water magic anymore. Which is a weird, like, you can still, I mean, it makes sense that you can't cast magic anymore because you don't have a junction and junction allows you to use magic. But, like, other than that, it doesn't really mechanically or story-wise kind of tell you anything other than just, hey, did you read a guide or did you happen to check draw on the boss and say, hey, what's this? That's not a spell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you actually have opened up one of the things that was one of my major changes, and this is going to touch on a lot of things, but with there being a lot of opacity around how much content there is that you can just miss and completely not know about it without a guide, I found there were a few spots that were lacking and I could shore them all up in one way. 
You see, this world runs on magazines and printing presses quite a bit because you can't mm-hmm. have over-the-air communications. Mm-hmm. And we have one character who just doesn't do jack shit for most of the plot in the form of Irvine. Mm. So I wanted him to be your intro to a new game-long series of side quests in that he is a publishing otaku. And (laughs) you're going to take this and you're going to use it to look at some of the new types of content in the game, which are going to be much like how there was the conspiracy rag that kind of Mm. gave hints about some things maybe you've got news stories which are your hints to different side quests or different unlocks like Mm -hmm. let's just say the tonberry king which is a thing that you only find if you decide i'm going to go around and kill a bunch of these guys in a row maybe Mm -hmm. you now have a news story about how seed uh attempts to clear out the ruins and reclaim them are going wrong because every squadron is getting murked after so many fights. Mm, yep. Mm, and you've yeah. got all kinds of different ways. But also, you can have Irvine wanting to check in at the offices in different cities and go, hey, what what periodicals do they have here? What have you got? And so maybe you start unlocking different magazines throughout the game, mm. which give you different mm-hmm. styles of hints. Or it can just be there's one in each location. you know. And so that's a side quest is you get all – yeah six of the local papers for him, and then congrats, you get some bonus out of that. You know, there th- is an NPC in Timber that uh, if he, he wants to be a journalist, and if you give him the right sort of dialogue response, uh, he goes and becomes a journalist. Like, mm-hmm. that's just a like a one-off NPC interaction you can have. And, like, that would tie right into that. Also, Irvine... Uh, adopting a bit of like a Nathan J. Robinson role of just like a weird, rich, sad, dandy publisher, independent publisher. Like that would mm-hmm. that would be a good wrinkle for him, and and wouldn't necessarily like alter his like I I'm sad because I remember stuff mm-hmm. that you don't. Uh, kind of kind of shit because he remembers stuff because also he's uh really attached to documenting it. So and yeah. and and disseminating that information. So yeah, I I. I like that change a lot. And also you can use that to give more clarification on the GF thing, how Mm -hmm. he remembers things people don't. You can have some pathos and maybe a better reveal than the orphanage scene and give him a driving character Mm -hmm. beat that Mm -hmm. he's looking at some of the work he did earlier in the game, some of the notes he's taking and going, I don't remember writing this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, also, also, okay, okay. Well, for one thing, it would be also interesting if he knew who Laguna was because of his writing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know. I like you mentioned Laguna. I know who that is. He he wrote a he he wrote for Timber Maniacs, mm-hmm. and everyone goes like, because he he's never been in the dream. He never ends up going over because, I mean, actually, he is somebody that LNA knows. But as far as I know, only like Zell Quistus and selfie and squall of course end up going over to the flashbacks mm-hmm. speaking of uh oh gf things since i we, we mentioned uh drawing gfs and stuff something that it's not an ultimania fact but i found out on the wiki that uh so you know how you can get the missile you know the gfs you missed in ultimicia's castle mm-hmm. uh, that is only true in the u.s version the japanese <laughs> version does not have that mm. <laughs> brutal that's extremely funny to me actually dog shit 
<laughs> it's also very funny to think of Irvine as like the the head of the school newspaper. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. funny. Well, and plus, then it would like lend a little bit more like mutual interest attraction between him and Selfie because like Selfie mm. is really yeah. into clubs and Irvine is really into clubs, and so then him like just mm-hmm. being extremely horny for Selfie like there's a little bit more credence to it other than just well, horny teen. Well, what if they, I mean, what if they role-played being news reporters together when they were kids? You know, like, instead mm-hmm. of playing house, that's what they did. Yeah. Like, you can you can turn that into part of their relationship. I mean, yeah. sometimes I feel like that's a little hack to be like, oh, the things that the kids remembered when they were five become, like, big parts of their personalities. But that happens to people. But I mean, that's I what this game is operating that. on. That's Squall's that whole uh-huh. trauma with LNA. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Abs- 100%. Yeah, no, it's it's very in keeping with the thrust of what the game's already doing. Um yeah. and also, yeah, it, it I I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would be very funny though if like if Selfie was really into writing in her diary, which is a private, you no, know, somewhat private thing, let's say. And Irvine's whole thing was I want to write newspapers and then he found her diary and then wrote a newsletter for it and handed it out to all the other kids and she got <laughs> mad at him. Like you could make like little stories like that that are fun. <laughs> yeah, God. I was going with the logic of I wanted any changes I made it to be additive for the mm-hmm. most part. Like there's a couple yeah. things I had to subtract, but I wanted sure. to work with what we had and just tack on and maybe glue things together that were just sort of flapping in the wind. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this is more mechanic stuff and, and it's tough because part of part of this game's big issue is that they go like 45% of the way to integrating plot and mechanics, but don't do the rest. And so it's like we're, you know, we're gonna be bouncing back and forth between plot and mechanics, but like um speaking of the like various ways that you can break the game uh all of which are tedium in some way like there's i love the item mod system a lot like being mm-hmm. able to break down certain items into certain other materials but it it becomes a horrific fetch quest and as much as I don't want to add crafting trees into the game, some sort of in-game map, some sort of in-game chart, some sort of anything that communicates like, here's what you can work towards would be extremely helpful so that it's not just consulting a guide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that my document throws under other magazines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, print media, uh, here's an Ultimedia factoid. Selfie's slot skill originally had a spell that would attack an enemy by turning it into a four coma comic. Huh. And that got cut. That got cut from the game. Huh. That could have been hilarious. I can see why that kind of doesn't fit mm-hmm. the tone they go for, but that kind of doesn't good... make sense. But like, yeah. it's funny. <laughs> It's also extremely Japanese if you don't well, I mean, we we have like comic like newspaper comic strips are basically the US version of a four coma, but you know. Mm. What is the yeah. newspaper version of Pop Team Epic and why is it the slur filled Dilbert? Oh god. <laughs> no, see, but that Dilbert does not have any self-awareness. I don't that's, that's not quite what No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I mean the Dilbert hole, the things that he tried to wipe out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, the see, I don't, I don't have, I don't do have. Do you not uh, remember that? No, no I do. 
it just now i'm thinking of like folk horror just like something in the dilbert uh just, you know <laughs> the terror of dilbert fault all that shit um <laughs> also sorry just briefly going back this is you know selfie being a blogger and uh irvine being like a a, a print media person suggests a world in which selfie is the matt iglesias of final fantasy 8 <laughs> Uh, <laughs> love that. <clears throat> love that for me. I want well, to be I mean, the first look. trans woman to tell Selfie to get murdered with a hammer. <laughs> Whoops, I've been banned from Blue Sky. <laughs> we we did make a joke that Selfie would have a true crime podcast, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hi, y'all. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation and hear our thoughts on what we would do about GFs, what would we do about Laguna, and what would we do about Cypher, please go to patreon.com forward slash pitchdrop and kick us uh, five bucks a month. Uh, That tier will get you uh, a lot of our bonus episodes, not only for this show, but for our other shows like Boku No Stop. That is all for our season on Final Fantasy VIII. Please tune in in two weeks where we will start our season on Wolfstride for the PC. See you then.